Uh, welcome to uh, Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Ramblick and well, well, we've got this little thing called the budget coming up next week. So I want to do a bit of a preview for you this uh, particular podcast with Lisa Gregg, our tax expert and tax guru, who'll understand better than some of us, possibly including me, uh, what the fringe benefits tax ideas that have been floated in the press over the past day or so actually mean. It, it, not everybody understands it. It sounds good, but is it really good for you? Lisa, thanks for joining me, and I'm hoping you can explain what the heck is going on here. Oh, Tom, thank you so much for having me back. And I don't know if in these unprecedented times, we hate that word, um, we can explain anything at the moment. So um, we'll, 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 we'll see how our conversation goes. How about that one? I won't pro- make no promises. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Now, well, what what have you noticed about the FBT uh, things? Is there, there's some talk of trying to give small businesses um, the uh, a bit of relief so they can they can actually buy their staff, you know, laptops and whatever else, um, without having to pay FBT on the stuff. Uh, yeah, it's 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 been um, it's always interesting, and you know we've had previous conversations about the sound bites we get on breakfast TV and things like that as well. And um, everyone's going, you know, small business is exempt from FBT, and we just go, just hold your horses. The devil's in the detail. Um, and look, I my all my clients are in the in the small end of town. Um, all bar one or two of my clients basically already get these FBT exemptions because these exemptions that they're talking about are for um, uh, portable electronic devices, let's call it. So we're talking about our various smartphones and computers and and um, tablets and those sort of things. Um, anyone who is a small business less than, than 10 mil um, – basically gets these anyway, Tom. So all they've done is level up the definition of what a small business is to $50 million. So uh, we've seen some what the, what the value of this incentive will be, uh, and that's what it's all about. What I'm disappointed about, given that we do need to uh, stimulate the economy after uh, we work out what COVID normal looks like, is the big one that's been promoted about what could really benefit would be the removal of fringe benefits tax on what we call meal entertainment. And that's where we go out for our, if I can use the word, pissy long lunch that we used to have before FBT came about. And that would then incentivise employees to make them happy because they feel like they're getting something for nothing. And secondly, it'll help the hospitality industry that is extremely suffering uh, in the in the land of COVID, and I think all hospitality nationwide is suffering, not just us stuck in uh, quasi lockdown Melbourne. You're right, and uh, the um, look, it would be interesting to see how those FBT exemptions play out, particularly with hospitality. Uh, we've seen countless cases of. The hospitality industry thumping the table and saying, "Hurry up! We need to, we need to get out there. We need to do what we need to do to make a quit." Um, and Dan Andrews down here has said, 
Not yet. We haven't got down to the magic number of five or whatever it is. Um, we're getting there slowly, but we're not there yet. Oh, yeah. And I mean, what's talking about with hospitality as well as, you know, you and I both know that they're talking about having outdoor venues and laneways and things like that. And I'm just going, mm, does anyone know about what Melbourne weather's like? And well, the only really, uh, mosquito Melbourne... and everything. I'm just going, but you, 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 you know, you, it's you... not conducive to alfrescoing at the best of times, Melbourne. You need, you need plan B for any party that you organise. Well, the, the issue with eating outside as well and possibly with this lockdown is that at the, the end of the lockdown will probably come when we do have finer weather and people might want to eat outside, right? Um, well, not that I'm trying to, not that I'm trying to. But you can't to... guarantee it, Tom. Like, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're betting on an outdoor party, an outdoor wedding, an outdoor whatever, um, you know, you, you really always need a plan B for Melbourne, as we know. I mean, just think back to, um, well, compare this weekend that we're coming into to last weekend. Last weekend would have been roundabout grand final weekend. It was freezing on Saturday and it would have been a disaster. You know, this weekend it's 25 degrees and there goes social distancing on our beaches tonight because it's actually quite a lovely day. So you can't, as, you know, four seasons in one day, we, we're both Melbournians, we know this, you, you can't bet on Melbourne weather. You know, you know you're going to um, always be, be entertained by it. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but hold, this hold is on, where... Um, hold on, I'll just jump sorry. on the website for Bet365 and see whether, the, whether they've got a, got a book running on the Melbourne weather. <laughs> well, well... Put it. Let's put it this way, right? Sutto, as we're calling him, because we 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 all know and love him now. Or well, I don't know if we love him, but we all know who I'm talking about. Um, you know, he basically made this this claim about finally the cases are less than the temperature in Melbourne today, and I've just gone. Well, that just shows you putting the two things that are on top of mind of Melbournians: the number of cases a day and what's the temperature going to be. So yeah, that is what it is, Tom. But um. All flippancy aside, um, fringe benefits tax, if they really want to, um, if the government really want to incentivise and use it as a as, as a promotion, I mean, getting rid of meal entertainment so we can actually incentivise employees without ta- having the burden of a 47% um, FBT tax, I've just said a, a ATM machine machine, a fringe benefits tax, uh, you know, is, is the way to go. Because if you look at anyone's impost on fringe benefits tax, the two biggies are basically meal entertainment that people are aware of and car fringe benefits. You know, the car parking one is fairly a small amount that causes grief for uh, employers at the level that we're talking about. So they're talking about moving it from $10 million turnover to $50 million turnover. It's not huge. Um, you know, what you're really looking at in those cases are any one that has um, uh, employment at like airports and things like that. And that's who gets caught up with fringe, um, fringe benefits tax on car parking. And yeah, meal entertainment is basically anyone that takes employees out for any sort of uh, um, sustenance, I'll call it. Well, if we um, look at another issue that you and I both sat down and, and uh, sort of mauled to death over a period of time, which is you know, FBT um, 
returns get lodged early in the year? There's a lot of paperwork involved with FBT. How much relief is not having to sort of pay FBT on some of these things going to give people? Well, this is what I'm sort of saying is that what they're talking about is um, the portable electronic devices and I think car parking are the two that's been reported in the media. I know we do have to wait till Tuesday night budget night, but that's what's reported. as They're not a huge one, right, as I said. So it's not really going to be that um, – it's not going to be that much – less burden by doing that. As I said, the ones to get rid of are meal entertainment and car fringe benefits. They're the ones that really burden and everyone's very aware of. And if you talk to FBT experts out there as well, um, it's meant, how can I say, it's 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 quite a complex um, part of the tax law and it's not as well understood as income tax and GST so it sort of gets a little bit lost in the complexity of our tax system. Um, the The experts say that many um, organisations and even many bigger firms don't get it right as well so it is a huge fringe benefits tax is one of the huge burdens uh, that makes it very difficult for us to comply with, if I can put it that way. Even with our best endeavours, it's very easy to make errors. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting dilemma because you sit back and you look at it and say, well, okay, so where do you take this? Um, where do you move it? Where, where do you, how do you reform something? In fact, this isn't a, what they're doing on FBT really wouldn't be classed as a reform. It's just a fiddling piddling with a particular rate and categories. Oh, it is, Tom, and that's what's, um, you know, frustrating for us practitioners, but also it keeps us in a job, if you want to call it that. It's all the tweaks of the tax system. Well, like we've got some fundamental tax rules that apply pretty much globally, and then in the Australian system it just gets layer on layer of um, complexity that uh, then makes it quite frustrating. And you've got to rem- Every time you go and do something, you've got to go, now, what is the definition of small business? Because there's about eight of them, right? So if if the government was really serious about uh, lessening the burden and stimulating the economy, they would have said, okay, for all businesses under, well, these exemptions, we're talking about moving, as I said, the dial from 10 mil to 50 mil. You know, if they said, look, every, every, all businesses under the $2 million turnover or $5 million turnover, just pick a number that's pretty small for small business, they don't need to worry about FBT at all. Right, that's what we were looking for. So no, so no FBT or meal entertainment. Let everyone have their their, their company car, you know, in, in, working for them as well, right? And then it just takes the whole burden away. Um, and what's the real mischief there? It's it's not it's not arduous for those small sort of businesses. Well, there's something um, interesting in what you've just said about definitions because I look at the Corporations Act and it tells me something different about small and large proprietary companies and then you go elsewhere and you start to see other definitions of small business. Now, it's not a particularly comfortable area to to be looking at and then to have conversations with people who just want to get on and do stuff. 
about the fact that there are several different labels called small business uh, that pop up all over the place. Absolutely, Tom. And where it becomes more of a concern as well is for all the different um, levels of small business and the way that we apply the laws in those cases, you could be a business that could be um, up and down along a threshold somewhere, okay? And so you're in one time and out another time. I mean, the, the biggest example I can give is probably the corporate tax rate, the company tax rate that's been changing. And what they do is they ch- they've ch- been changing the company tax rate from 30 all the way now. It's getting talked about going down to 25. And then they, they're changing the level of turnover where that applies. So you could find yourself flip-flopping and go, well, hang on, at the start of the year, you <laughs> might not be sure what tax rate you, you, you're going to apply. And you just go, yeah. what the? And then overlaying COVID on top of it, if if a company is really struggling, we're talking about for like for JobKeeper, that 30% downturn, which has been the benchmark of you're not doing too well, you know, that could drop you down into different tax rates or different exemptions or or different deductions that you can have for depreciation and everything. It's just becoming such a mosaic of complexity um, you know, the, the matrix is, you know, somewhere, you know, in the fifth dimension at the moment with what you've got to think about. And it just, and the more complexity adds to more errors, which means that there's a more chance that if you get audited, you know, even in your best endeavours, you could have done something wrong because, you know, there's just so much to, to, to cover off and they're changing all the time. I mean, even when you talk about it now, um, the, the treasurer's mentioned that, that for small business, one definition of small business, the corporate tax rate for the year we're in is now 26%, but the legislation hasn't passed yet. So you've got all these small business going, well, what am I paying tax on? Am I paying it 27.5 cents or 26 cents in the dollar at the moment? Because we're not sure. So this indecision doesn't assist us. No, it doesn't, and it creates greater... Um, confusion, a greater state of opaqueness, and it's not particularly you know, edifying when you've got to explain to people there are multiple definitions of small business and you, know, you really need to talk to an expert, as we continuously say, um, uh, in order to get it right. Now, it, there's something else that kind of cropped up during the week and you know, it's probably related to the budget, but not necessarily about the taxpayers or COVID, but we had the um, audit office be reported as um, facing, let's say, no, no budget increase, which is kind of a problem if you're in the business of transparency and openness at government level, isn't it? What, that you need more funding to do your job? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it, with, with what gets funded and what doesn't get funded? Um, I heard someone talk about on the TV saying it's adequately funded, and that was referring to the ABC. So um, we'll just... Um, Leave it at you need the resourcing to be able to do the job. Let's bring it back to something a little bit more that I'm 
aware of, but we know that um, to, with the Australian Tax Office, they've seconded a lot of um, call centre operators, for want of a better term, uh, from Services Australia and things like that to actually help with the COVID stimulus packages. So um, it's a matter of um, just juggling those things and redeploying people where the, where the need is. So maybe that's what the Audit Office needs to do, redeploy people to be the most effective, Tom, maybe. I think the uh, there's a few other issues there as well. Obviously, uh, the audit office uh, knows how to determine whether valuations of property are reasonable <laughs> um, or not, and then you know they might not get around to looking at certain valuations of property if you don't give them sufficient funds to be able to include contentious little issues like paying more for land dairy than you farms. should have. Yeah. Um, it's only about a dairy farm, so I think you're probably getting it. Yeah, yeah they're dairy farms. And then there's uh, the the issue of um, sports grants, which kind of, you know, has gotten somewhat troublesome uh, by, uh, um. by... Well, it's actually gotten troublesome not only at a federal level under a coalition administration, but also up in Queensland this week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there seems to be, there seems to be quite a bit of trouble across the board, I suppose. But at least probably none of our leaders have got COVID. Well, no, they no, no they haven't. Um, and um, I sort of haven't seen too many people calling it a hoax this afternoon. Mm, interesting, um, isn't it? Yeah. But um, look, look. All jokes aside, I think um, we've got to make sure that um, the scrutiny. Um, of the public service in whatever role they've got is adequately funded. And I think they need to look to, look at, make sure that the right um, qualifications and expertise are doing the right jobs, Tom. And that's probably, doesn't matter whether it's public servants or, or in the corporate sector, that's what we'd, we'd expect of people doing a position. Yeah, there's that. And it, uh, there's something else that came up which I thought we'd raise just as a completely oddball thing. I mean, we occasionally... Oh, I'm interested in this. What are you going to What are you gonna throw at me now, Tom? Um, <laughs> completely oddball thing. Um, it, it, I'm, it, I was rather curious today when we saw uh, the, the resident, sort of one of the two resident senators for... One Nation up in Queensland issue a <laughs> issue a media release suggesting Aww. there's a need for a ministry for men, and I think do we really need another department, another minister, another um, another oh, another bureaucratic overlay? Uh, probably Are not. You plugging in one of your old books again, Tom? No, I'm not plugging that one. Rorton <laughs> Rorton Ripoff's is coming out very shortly. <laughs> it, it'll it'll hit the not your Pauline Hanson one. Yeah. Well, no, that that uh, that is long gone and del- that, that ship's deleted. long sailed. Look, the Ministry of Men makes it sound a bit like Men's Gallery to me. That's when I read that, and I've just gone, really. It just sounds like a, a men's club, doesn't it? So, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 interesting in a, in a in a in a week or so where we've had three um, women that have impacted. I think many females um, across Australia and the world being RBG 
Yeah, man, Helen Reddy. Susan Ryan and, and Helen, Helen Reddy. Reddy. Um, I thought it was probably not the greatest timing by the fair senator from from no, no, uh, it, Queensland. It, it wasn't, and, and I suspected it, it was probably uh, – my suspicion is it was probably a um, – <sighs> it was probably one of those things where um, – and it's written in the context of the family law inquiry, which she's deputy chair. I think she's yeah. still deputy chair, despite the fact that um, there's been a lot of uh, contention about her chairing it. I, I think it's a bit. It falls in the same category, Lisa, as that. You know, the attempt to get the parliament to agree on uh, the use of what that phrase that emerged from sort of white supremacist trolling on 4chan in the US, hmm. um, it's okay to be white. Um, so that, that I think it, it's, it, it certainly succeeded tonight because I thought it would raise it simply because of the fact that you've got a government department that's being underfunded, then you've got somebody mucking about suggesting there ought to be a minister for men. Uh, and I just scratched my head wondering, why would you go there? Well, we're talking about equality, aren't we? And um, I think some of what was mentioned in that presser uh, was health-related as well. So um, we've got to look at there are, in these COVID times as well, let's just just call it out there, we've got um, mental health issues uh, and the suicide rate for for males um, is is well-known. throughout the time and then we've also got the domestic violence aspect as well of that so I would like to say that uh, we're talking about equality and not necessarily male or female we just want everything to be uh, equal and uh, that's really where we're coming from with that Tom I think Uh, if you look at as I said as I mentioned to the the three ladies that I mentioned a little bit earlier RBG uh, very much was into equality um, you know, one of her, she's she's made her mark on on trying to have equality for for, for males. That was one of her first cases that uh, really earmarked her as being a uh, great libertarian. So um, it's quite interesting that something like that would come out where um, you know you could say I'll I'll have a minister for I don't know any 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 different ethnicity racial. We've had this conversation as well. You know. It, that um, you know the categorization of things like that can be very detrimental. Yeah, and it, it, it can be pretty challenging. I mean, I've gone through some of that reading um, as part of studies I'm undertaking at the moment, and you know, we yeah, there are parts of cultures around the world where they're blind to the detriment they cause to others when they articulate certain views. And, I mean, they're not necessarily cultural, um, not necessarily based on ethnicity or race, but it can be anything. It can be political ideology. It can be whatever whatever yeah, you turn to. And yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It's problematic. So, it, it, um, I mean, having a minister for men... Um, is one of these things that pops up from time to time from elements of politics. But it the way it gets raised or gets run 
creates a different kind of discussion in the one that you and I have just had, which is the discourse is probably about equality, but um, you know, it can get beaten up by all who participate in that discussion to the point where that gets ignored um, in favour of a, you know, a spat along the way. Yeah, and I think that um, the politicians are there to keep their jobs and uh, everything seems to get framed within a, you know, 30-second soundbite. And uh, I've I've learnt over the past uh, six months of COVID as well that it's always good to see the, 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 the language on either side of that 30-minute soundbite to put it into context. Um, so that's sort of where um, I think we need to... You know, be more. Well, it sort of fits into your Rob's Rots and Riffop book, books as well, um, Tom. With um, if it sounds too good to be true, hmm, it just might be. So you've just got to make sure that you understand the context of everything. Absolutely. Now, before we close off, there's a couple of de- 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 deadline that some people are going to need to worry about. It is the second um, of October. Uh, so those of you that haven't yet done your return and you're doing it yourself, you've got to the end of this month to get it into the ATO. Otherwise, you might get a knock on uh, the the virtual door, if you like, asking you where things are. Oh, that's probably that's probably a little bit scare tactics, I think, Tom. Uh, I think the ATO have got enough of their hands full do, giving out... Uh, giving out uh, COVID stimulus packages. Uh, but um, I think that uh, it's always a good idea to uh, make sure you have good compliance. As I've said in the past, that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that um, people have their, t- have their tax returns all in order, affairs all in order. And, um, you know, in all honesty, if the tax office owes you money, even if you don't get it in by the 31st of October, you're probably still going to be okay. And look, no, as you know from your rorts and rip-offs that you've researched, the ATO are not going to ring you on a no-caller ID number and say, give us your credit card because you've got to pay your tax bill because you haven't lodged your return. You know, that's just not on and never going to happen. But um, as I said, it's always good to have your good compliance history, get everything going. And, you know, it's even good to just do your tax return to see if you're going to get a refund you know you might as well have it in your pocket at the moment than than not and um with the 1000 up to 1080 uh dollars uh uh low medium income tax offset is that that's the right one i think um for for certain taxable income levels uh you're more more likely than not to get a refund so might as well get it in and get it in your pocket i would say yeah and it's not a bad bit of advice um, at the conclusion of this particular little potty. Lisa, thanks for joining me again. Always a pleasure, Tom. And we didn't get too sidetracked this time, I think. We we, we had pre- a few topics, but uh, I don't think we, we got too philosophical and I haven't mentioned the football, so I think I was doing well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the footy finals are coming up later in November. No, they're on now. <laughs> well, the actual grand final is going to be uh, at the end of October, rather. Um, and we've still got a holiday for it. Yeah, yeah we've still got a holiday for but it. It's Happiness Day or something, isn't it? I don't know. Can't remember what it's been yeah, reframed as. Isn't it Thank You Day? Oh yeah, that's sorry. Yeah, sorry. It might be Thank You Day. It, 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 thank You Day, and then the next day, Mike Brady plays 
uh, sings Hump there, Kazali, uh, in an empty MCG. Correct. So there's that. Um, I think that next week, um, one of the things I'd like to touch on, Lisa, is before we close off, uh, is actually look at the issue of how the ATO communicates with people. Uh, because it is an important, it, it's an important issue, and we haven't spoken about that yet. So it might be worthwhile looking at um, how the ATO communicates with people, what scams there are out there, and and what people what people need to do to just keep track of what's been happening. Well, yeah, exactly, Tom. And I mean, we, we, there's a lot of ad hoc phone calls. I remember I called you about what two weeks ago or something, and saying I was about to get arrested by. I wasn't Homeland. I think they even said Homeland Security or something like that. And I've just looked and, and went, oh, I'm not. I'm not pushing the one button for love nor money. But it was another number that I just blocked on my phone. So, yeah, they they're, they're all the same root cause, but they just get a little bit more creative and try and scare people. And that's what upsets me from being a um, tax agent and tax practitioner that. Uh, you know the ATO aren't scary. You just got to open up the dialogue with, it, with 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 them. But we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's not a bad topic to go on, given that you mentioned you mentioned that issue earlier. So thanks for joining me again. Thanks to the listeners for tuning in, and we'll uh, get back to talking tax next week. Take care. Look after each other.